What's up, Vibranders? Welcome to your first Wednesday of 2024. Pretty stoked about the the vibe of this coming year. And I know there's a lot, especially in like the truther world, there's a lot of talk about like happy fake new year. Ha ha. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm a little tired of everything is fake. Everything is wrong. And anyway, we have no answers, but uh, it's fake and wrong. There is no beginning or into a circle. So, you know, we're just picking an arbitrary time. We call the new year. I love year. that. I love that. Yeah. I'm stoked to be here. I like the sound of 2024. I think that we got a lot of a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, let's ring it in. You know, I just got these new forks from the Biofield Tuning Store. And I'm really stoked about them. This is a 417 and a 528. Much higher quality than the forks I had at the, those frequencies before. We'll see how they turn out on the, the mic. I think if I get it close, you'll be able to hear it. So here's the 528. Get yourself some DNA repairs. Here we go. Real quick about what you said about uh, the arbitrary date. I recently learned that uh, the January or December 31st date every year is where it aligns to where Sirius, the brightest star in our solar system ends up being, or I don't know if it's in it, but ends up being like at the perfect, like 12 o'clock position or it's where it starts to kind of uh, center. I just learned this. I, di- I didn't really know that as well. Wow. So wow. it's not, that's not totally arbitrary then, it's, but it's, it's still what you said was really amazing as far as there's really no starting position on a circle And like, that's what I also learned too. Like, even if they change the name of every month, as long as we have 12 months, the science will science. We'll have at least close to 350, uh, 65 days. So we'll be straight. Dude, you've been doing awesome work with this astrology debunked, debunked series. I really love that. I've caught a lot of that, but there's, you've done so much there. And I think what's really profound and maybe helpful before we talk about 2024 is if you could give a few thoughts as to why the tropical system, you know, in terms of what it is we're actually doing. Cause a lot of people throw it out there like, well, you're just doing calculations. That's not the real sky, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> that is what are your thoughts on it? And that's what I love. Like you mentioned a lot of important things. Saturn is in Pisces, which is opposite Saturn and Virgo transits. Uh, we used to have during the 60s, Uranus and Virgo, Pluto and Virgo, where we had like innovations in uh, nutrition and people being a lot more serious. So everything was hyper real. And now that Pisces is disillusioning a lot, this whole everything is fake thing is coming through. But it's showing who really knows their shit. It's testing the integrity of people's beliefs, myself included, like everybody. So I think that's, you know, really amazing to see as far as like, uh, people having to kind of like show for it but uh yeah um really quick could you could you repeat the question once again just so we can get the right words yeah 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 man um and i know this is a way bigger subject than maybe a soundbite answer but no you're straight to to establish why we're looking at this from the tropical right you know like the the criticism that you're just doing calculations that's not the real sky that's not nature, et cetera. What you right? Know, you because you've re, you've refuted that really well in your own channel with extensive, well, 
well-reasoned arguments, but you know, just so we set the tone for why we're talking about it the way we're talking about it. Thank you. The, the whole notion of that's not the real sky. And, um, what's very important to establish is the authority people make their arguments with, you know, a lot of people make these arguments similar to like a professional podcaster or, um, maybe a professional winemaker giving their expert opinion on neuroscience. And it's like, okay, you, you're not even a licensed physician. Like, like it's very, you know, you can model your words to where it sounds like, you know, what you're saying classic case astronomers and astrophysicists who talk about astrology, but they've never read a natal chart. It's an appeal to a false authority, major fallacy where people don't understand the, the nuance that comes with the experience and expertise of knowing this. So I always love to say like, if, if if someone was a chemist and I was arguing with that chemist and I said, uh, you know, chemistry is bullshit, you know, because I listen to certain chemists, self-proclaimed chemists in my my circle group uh, and echo chamber and they don't know what they're talking about. And then this professional chemist who's like studied it for over 10, 20 years is asking me, do I know what a periodic table is? Do I know what valence electrons are? Do I know how to, do I even know what NA stands for? And I'm like, I've never read a periodic table. The chemist would look at me like an idiot because that's what I would be. And this is everybody criticizing astrology who's never read a natal chart. They don't know what a trine is. They don't really know uh, the science behind this. And this is proliferated even more by people who don't necessarily understand the science of it and maybe just picked it up on the internet and now, you know, commit space racism to Scorpios because they heard that Scorpios aren't compatible with their chart, which now proliferates more skepticism uh, and makes our job just so much harder. So, you know, first of all, before I answer the question, um, three things. The first thing is we've been, uh, you've invited me on here for a couple of times and I only now just understood what vibrant means. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is nice. Uh, yeah. Two, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, uh, all everyone in, in the chat watching, whether you're watching live or whether you're going to watch the replay. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for, you know, uh, supporting people like, you know what I'm saying, Chance and I, and, and for having the time to listen to us. And of course, three, I really do appreciate how we're able to drop in and connect again during these very key moments. I'm I'm feeling it gets more of a tradition. And I once again, thank you for having me. This is awesome. So once again, let's we'll start with the science. Very important. Um, the whole notion that we're not doing the calculations on a real sky is is so comical. This is where when you break down the, the fallacies of where people emotionally back up these nonsense arguments, you realize it comes from a nonsense place. And that's the difference between education and faith, knowledge and faith, where, it you know, when you tell somebody, uh, what's your sun sign or what's your moon sign? And they say, I don't believe in astrology. Astrology is not a religion. It's not a belief. It's a language. That's it. It is a science. So whether you believe in a star sign or not, the sun is still going to shine every day. The planets are still going to revolve around the sun every day. 
it, it's something that exists beyond your subjective faith, belief and principles. So when people say that the, those calculations are off and, and the, the sky is wrong uh, on NPR a few weeks ago, an astrophysicist and scientist self-proclaimed was talking about how as the normal cycle of disinformation they love to share across all these platforms every other couple of years, your signs have shifted. I don't know if you knew. And she said one thing that was very key, which pretty much uh, exposed the fallacy of her thinking, equating horoscope phallus or constellation horoscopes to the Zodiac. She said horoscope constellations are Zodiacs. And so this is where uh, everything that we do based on the tropical astrology that uh, we practice this through, which is like basically running a program through Android, right? Or Apple uh, 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 that functions this programming uh, and, and, and numbers, right? Is based off of pure math. You have, of course, throughout human history, different mythologies, different religious beliefs, different symbolism that each culture ascribes to the fundamental sciences, Chinese astrology, Mayan astrology, uh, Toltec astrology, Babylonian astrology, Hellenistic astrology, the Greco-Romans that equated, you know, Mars to mean war and Poseidon to mean this. These are just, of course, allegorical and mythological symbolism to account for the science that occurs, which where if you bring the Bible in Genesis 1:14, God created the stars and the lights for signs. That is talking about astrology. I'll even toss in, let me just say this too, ahead. that uh, the, the priesthoods that actually created written language, they did it as, first of all, it was all math. <laughs> every letter was a number. Yes, every, yes. every deity had a number that was associated with its quality or what it represented in judicial astrology. Yes. So even what we use language for now, written language for all kinds of like commerce and communication and entertainment and things like that. But that's all built on a system that was pure math and pure calculation originally in reference to astrology. Which is what the Maseroth is, the word of God, the stars, the actual principles that chance just said, which created the alphabet the and, and the numbers. It all comes from there. This is where from the beginning, God already knew the end. He knew how he was going to set the sequence and language of these stars to know every transit before they even happen, to know the language between these planets, how it affects as above, so below. So people will say, oh, the planets don't affect you. They don't. Astrology doesn't work because planets affect you. Um, the moon tide affects our water. You know what I'm saying? So that's already bullshit. Planets do affect us, but that's not why astrology works the way it works. And this is where relative to those mathematics, um, what allows and enables astrology to be what it is, is the zodiac. Okay. The zodiac is the principal function through which the sun and the planets communicate. And we translate that language as above, so below. All right. So the zodiac signs are archetypes. The planets are the instruments that deliver the verbs. And then we get subjective with the houses. But like you said, this it's really all math. So what happens is you have the constellations, which are star groupings. 
And then you have the Zodiac. People think that the Zodiac signs are named after the constellations, but that's not true. The constellations are named after the Zodiac. This is why you have the constellation of Ophiuchus, but Ophiuchus is a constellation. It's not a Zodiac sign. Constellations do not have an equal passage. People are really like, oh, the constellations are not 30 degrees each. No, the Zodiac is. The constellations are not meant to be read on. The constellations, of course, this is why Ptolemy and and the, the Chaldeans were able to innovate through Babylon in those periods, astrology to account for the tr- the procession of the equinox. So this is where, you know, Chance and I, our, our sons, you know, his Aries son might have been in Taurus and my Gemini son, his Aries son might have been in Pisces and my Gemini son was in the constellation of Taurus. But it's because of the seasons that really our angles represent, which is why I represent Sun and Gemini and he represents Sun and Aries. Namely, constellations are not zodiac signs. So the zodiac is an imaginary space that with a six inch, it's the sun wobbling six inches in between that belt. If you think of a belt, right, that belt might be six inches long. And in between that small uh, belt, the planets will wobble in between as it travels across this belt. That's the Zodiac. You can see constellations. You cannot see the Zodiac. And all the Zodiac merely is the sun travels across an ecliptic path. This is the message of Christ, the light of Christ, that the son of God that goes through each of the 12 Zodiac signs, right? Right. The 12 apostles that carry the message of Christ, uh, the, the 12 brothers of Joseph, the 12 tribes of Israel. And the reason why this is very, very, very significant is just the ecliptic path of the sun alone proves astrology. This is everything astrology is based on. People will take the practice of astrology. People will take misconceptions about what astrology is, but no one who can tell you the science of this can tell you they're an astrologer. It's literally like me saying that I'm a doctor, but I don't know the Hippocratic Oath and I don't really know biology like that. I can't really, you know, I just kind of guessed my way through this. And that's the difference between a licensed physician and someone who's not going to go to jail because they're licensed, but there's no licenses for astrology. So anyone can just basically say they're an astrologer or astrologess. I'm just joking. And then actually just kind of jump into this field. So basically the ecliptic path of the sun, this is already very um, controversial because you have people who don't believe in space. You have people who don't believe that the sun actually travels. They believe that the sun exists within the earth's atmosphere. And there are flat earther models of how the zodiac plays through. And I think um, uh, for for the record, I I don't buy the the globe outer space the globe NASA, earth, right yeah i i make no claims about what it is other than i can't see a curve and i can't calculate a curvature from vantage points that i'm able right. to get to exactly so and then you know liars lie so i just assume it's opposite day with what we're told from uh media but that you know is a dangerous position to be in for oh uh, yeah everything's fake that's not always the case but yeah just so we're we're communicating clearly i i don't go with the uh the globe thing but yeah. i make no claims about what it is specifically i mean it's not perfectly round and first of all the one thing flat earth community and i have in common is that nasa is a bunch of liars we both do not trust nasa or nasa uh fuck nasa actually nasa is out here telling people oh your zodiac signs have shifted you bitches do not have one actual astrologer in your crew 
Why are you talking about astrology? So I don't trust NASA. I don't trust that the images NASA shows us are real. Of course, they might be Photoshop. I believe all that. But science will show you that because every time we have an eclipse, if the world was flat, then the moon would actually be half of the moon. We would not see because the moon in between the earth and the sun, if the earth was flat, it would reflect a flat surface. We wouldn't see a whole round moon. So just that alone proves that the earth is somewhat round. If, if the moon is reflecting light, that's if it's not its own light source or something right. different. Exactly. But you can tell that it's not its own light source because based off of the angle that the sun reflects off of the moon, that already kind of accounts for it not being. But the whole thing about the moon, though, is that it's there's more possibility that the moon is an alien satellite that is kind of being controlled by some being to promote life on Earth. Everything about understand everything about the moon is a mystery, only seeing one half of it. I wouldn't be surprised if it does have its own light source, actually. But there's a lot to suggest that in, 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 in order to understand how astrology works, the whole concept of planets revolving around the sun and creating those cycles and orbits, it's important to really understand the significance of the sun traveling in a vacuum of space, um, because that really gives so much more credence to the slower motion of Pluto that functions at a much more irregular orbit uh, or slower orbit versus Mercury that is the closest to the sun. So we do have, of course, these planets which function as organs of our consciousness. So if you think about your body, your body has organs and each of those organs <laughs> carry out a function. Your heart carries out many functions. Your brain carries out many functions. The planets are like that, too. Mercury is going to represent your processing brain. The sun is going to be your awareness, that luminary. The moon is going to be your emotions, your soul. Venus is going to be your heart, what brings pleasure to you. Mars is going to be your private parts, what brings desire. And this is, of course, the body of God that everyone taps into through these gods or aliens. And it's very important for people to understand that what the ancients referred to as gods is not how we see gods today. How Christianity and all this, the advent of, you know, Roman Catholicism and religion demonized the word demon, which was also used to refer to as a judge or a god. Uh, and the whole notion of how they understood gods as eternal concepts versus the way, you know, worship and deity worship and sacrifice has kind of been edited into our understanding to insert a middleman to where our ancients use this practice to connect directly to the cosmos, to the universe. So uh, the ancient Greek word demonia, demonia, where demon comes from, it meant the spirits of it meant uh, spirits of dead humans, basically. Interesting. And so, that's the underworld connotation with Scorpio, too, in Hades. Exactly, exactly. So, like, uh, these, the savior psychopomp figure or deity was the guide to these lost souls. And then once that word demon got flipped to be, you know, infernal, pre-existing, monstrous, evil spirits there just to torture humanity, once that idea got inserted into the consciousness, everything retroactively about the ancients started to look really bad. Like, exactly. oh, they're worshiping the devil. Like, right. really, like this guy who was the the chief of the demons was in fact the oldest or the the first man or like the the Adam Cadmon the primary being that sired everything else so of course he's been in the 
underside of consciousness the longest or under that's under very deep that's very deep especially thinking about how demons who were once human who transformed into the, if you look at it at the negative connotation but i mean it's it's very beautiful because a lot of these religions once again have plagiarized and stolen a lot of these themes from these older religions these older cultures uh the indigenous peoples from these cultures as well so it's it's just beautiful seeing the dogon tribe and other such ancient tribes be able to uh, account for Uranus and Neptune without even a telescope before they, without even seeing, uh, that it was in orbit. So basically the sun travels across an ecliptic path. Okay. Because the earth, so this is G, when you look at heliocentric astrology, instead of a sun sign, you see the earth sign and the earth is always going to be opposite. So right now the sun is in Capricorn. The earth would be cancer. If we looked at the sun's position heliocentrically, but of course we don't do heliocentrism anymore, or rather we don't do geocentrism anymore because we used to believe, of course, the earth, well, not we, but geocentric uh, followers used to believe that the earth was the center of the universe. So of course we do the geocentric model of astrology where of course, uh, that just shows you the earth's perspective, but because the earth, I think that makes more sense though, spiritually speaking, the geocentric, just because we're talking about planets, we're talking about gods, we're talking about how this whole thing is a divine clockwork, right? That the planet's movements is the disposition of that moment in time. I mean, like the word, the Hebrew word for planets means dispensers, like like giving them out, (laughs) giving something out, like uh, giving you something. Anyway, my my point being, like, I think all the ancient religion was before it got grappled and co-opted was the attempt to discern what is the pattern? What's what's actually universal? Right. What is there? You know, what what expresses through knowledge? It's kind of like the way the way that I would put it is like, and I think this might be a little bit still in existence with Taoism or the uh, the knowledge path of of yoga of the four types of yoga. But essentially that in all expressions of human knowledge, there will be universal truth, truths or truth that comes through because the truth is self-evident and can never not be present. The yeah. only thing that can happen is that your view of the truth can be obscured or you can filter it out. Absolutely. But the truth is always there in every inch, slice, big picture, small picture of the reality you ever look at. And that includes the expressions of human knowledge. So what I think the old, old religion was, would be collecting and observing as much knowledge as possible, sifting through it and looking for where can we, what can we derive out of this that is the same in all of it? And then that's the, that's the thing that's the universal because it was present everywhere. But then as the whole, you know, metaphor of the tower of Babel goes down and we lose track of, we, we are, we split up our languages, things like that. Then it starts to look like there is no more universal thread. But yeah. that's why studying linguistics and philology is so important to me along with symbolism, because when you do that, you can look at two stories, two mythoses, two deities from far different cultures, and you realize, oh, well, etymologically, their name is actually the same thing. It means the same thing. Or their, the symbolism of their story is actually representative of the same process. So they may look and sound like completely different things, 
but there's the universal, the monomyth. You can pull it out of there if you have certain keys and tools. I think that that's what the old religions were about. That alongside with maybe part of that pattern that we're talking about or that they were looking to find and pull out uh, was in the arch- what the Jungian psychology would call archetypes, but what we might also call gods, that there's something in this pattern that that talks back. <laughs> No, absolutely. I love that. The talking back part. And I like that you that's that's so very important to really honor what the ancients have have brought us through these patterns that that coincide with scientific discoveries even now uh, that I like to think we're catching up to them. And and one of the most popular misconceptions is that in old the old days, they believed that the world was flat. And it's crazy because places like like cultures that did not have any of the technology we had using math were able to determine that this earth revolves around the sun and that this earth is also roundish, you know what I mean? Uh, versus, you know, the whole misconception that it was popular to think that uh, it was the other way, even though there were like I- ideas of geocentrism uh, and then the, the heliocentric model, which once again shows you based on the sun. But because the earth revolves around the sun, because the planets actually revolve and rotate around the sun, the intersection created between the Earth's celestial equator and then the sun's travel path of the ecliptic create the seasons, the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. Okay, so... The and yeah, uh, the a uh, lot of people like the Leo King has done like more heliocentric. It's always good to get fire signs like Leos to do heliocentric astrology because uh, you can get really good, uh, uh, you know, transits from there too. Just looking at your earth sign. But basically, yeah, you know, um, the intersection between the sun's ecliptic path and the earth's equator creates the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn that creates the four seasons. And that intersection creates that 360 degree band of the Zodiac. This is why we have 12 months, because the 13 month calendars were based off of the 28 day lunar cycles that are created from the earth and the moon. And that's why they had to change that because the 13 month calendar does apply. It's good if you have a 12 month and a 13 month, but that 13 month calendar adds a lot more than 365 days. And that now will spill over and create an inconsistent consistency of the actual travel path. So the sun and the moon are 30 day cycles that occur 12 times three, which uh, a round up to about 360, uh, give a, give or take an extra five days every leap here to account for any extra day or any minus day. But basically, of course, this now creates the zodiac. The zodiac are now mathematical divisions. Cause remember, this is all the imaginary space. Every year, the sun travels this ecliptic path. So relative to the earth, with the intersection of its equator, it's a gorse going to go every year around this ecliptic path. That means as long as this is earthing and we're doing what we're doing every day, faithfully, the sun will move one degree. That is that 60 minutes or, or really that one degree rather movement every 24 hours across that ecliptic path that we know is true because every year on the northern hemisphere, we have equal day and we have equal night 
March 20th. That is what creates Aries, not because of the constellation, because March 20th is in the constellation of Pisces. So the reason why people born in Aries season are Aries is has nothing to do with the constellations, has everything to do about the seasonal spiritual change that brings in new life, that brings in equal day and equal night in the southern and northern hemisphere. All right. And this is where what have what has science caught up to and found out? We know that the zodiacs are just mathematical divisions of seasons. Every 90 degrees is a season. 90 degrees Cancer, 180 degrees Libra, and then 270 degrees. Each of those seasons are divided in 30 degree pies, which give us, of course, three facets of each season. And what has science proven about seasons? Seasons affect human temperament. That means no way. Yes. So depending <laughs> on the season you're born, your personality is going to be different. Sounds just like a zodiac sign. Uh, to me, that's to me, like that's what that's what I wanted to get to with all this is just the the simple truth that we are not having a different season just because we have a processional shift in what shows up at what time of year above exactly. us. So to me. That demonstrates that it's not the stars themselves having some influence on what expresses here on Earth, per se, that they're just a story that the stars were turned into a text to help us remember and retain this information. That's what it was. It wasn't that the stars were doing it and people figured that out. And so they gave the constellations the names and traits that they did. It was that they made the stars into a text Exactly. Gave them mythology so that the information could be recovered. And that's why it shifts. That was perfect. Thank you, Chan. That's why it shifts because the pattern that, of course, every season, right? Every spring, we come out the winter and what happens? Things start to grow. And so each culture came up with their own symbolism. They gave that the symbol of the ram. All of these words that come through came through scientific patterns that, oh, this is what in our culture represents growth and spring. And that's what they put. And so it's not like those came first. The science came first and then they created the text based off of that. And of course, in 3000 years, the next generation will, of course, have different terms to call these same established patterns. But depending on, on what, what happens in 3000 years, if that's even there. And that's where as creators, we, the planets don't affect us. We affect the planets like we take the coding of what's today and we can create with it. That's why you can't blame stuff on your Zodiac sign. That's why you can't say, oh, the the Mercury's retrograde. That's why this is occurring. This is just space weather. It's space meteorology. So we know that the Zodiac is just a mathematical division of the sun's ecliptic path intersected with the Earth's equator. And we know that the language between these mathematical divisions is what accounts for, of course, daylight. There's no demons in these mathematical divisions. You speak the language of this transit in everything you do. You cannot say that zodiac signs are demons and then tell the time, because if you think zodiac signs are demonic, telling the time and having a clock is demonic. And people do not understand that there's no difference between these mechanics. There's literally just delineating sunlight and it's day. That's it. So, of course, we're in Capricorn season. We've passed the solstice in the northern hemisphere where we're coming into officially more day than night. Hence the return of Christ. Right. 
resurrected after three days and this everything you do you cannot say that zodiac signs are demons and then tell the time because if you think zodiac signs are demonic telling the time and having a clock is demonic and people do not understand that there's no difference between these mechanics that is literally just delineating sunlight and it's day that's it. So, of course, we're in Capricorn season. We've passed the solstice in the northern hemisphere where we're coming into officially more day than night. Hence the return of Christ. Right. Resurrected after three days. And this is what in answering your question accounts for the scientific basis of why the Zodiac will always be accurate, of why people listen to my videos and they're like, how are you so on point? I was just telling the time. That was it. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Let's uh, speaking of telling the time you want to get into some of what's coming up for 2024 as advertised in the title of the video. Let's get it. All right. So first of all, got to thank my beautiful wife. Jenny G, shout out Jenny G in the chat here. She made us the slideshow saved me the time I could work on other projects and research. Really helpful. Got a lot done with that extra time. And she made it prettier than I would have made it. So the first one I've got up here, and we'll kind of we can go through kind of a month by month as well. But I wanted to really talk about Pluto because I think, at least from my amateur astrologer uh lens, I think that that's kind of the star of 2024 in terms of yeah. the, the biggest shakeups. So why don't you talk a little bit about what Pluto represents? You know, I'll I'll say I'll preface it with I find it fascinating. Pluto was, you know, quote unquote, discovered by astronomers at about the exact same time, if not the same year that the theory of the unconscious was postulated in psychology. That's crazy. That's that is crazy. not, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. As above, so below. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, a lot of how we play out this divine symphony. And you're right. Pluto is definitely the star. It's going into the sign of the star, Aquarius. Um, if you go back to 95 and if you go back to 2008, 2008 was such a historic year because Obama got elected, which really changed people's perception of what was possible, even though at the time we didn't know all of that was controlled and organized. All of that was controlled our opposition. Right. And all known, this guy would be dropping a lot of bombs. It's in his name. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. Um, and it's it's important to look beyond what Obama represents because he was just the manager. He was just the president, uh, the face. Right. We always have to have a heel and we always have to have a face. And um, it's crazy because. 2008 was when Pluto went into cap. 2024 is going to really adjust the entrance into Aquarius and. Oh, God, everything about this spells revolution. And without being as vague as possible, Pluto Capricorn represents the control system. If you think of Bruce Lee telling us to be like water and Aquarius being the water bearer, well, Capricorn represents the system, a, a, a glass cup that has held the water in place through organization. And Pluto has created cracks in that water. Banks crashing, authorities getting exposed, countries and, you know, collapsing war. And the thing here is Pluto going into Aquarius is that glass shattering into the sign of the water bear 
where there there could be the potential for full on anarchy. But just like the 1700s, where we saw the rule of the monarchs crumble, not overnight, but over the following decades. That's what we're going to see with democracy and corporations. We're going to see the orders. That's that's the that's the really unexpected thing that no one is going to account for. The control that government authorities have over the people is going to transform. It's, there's there's things outside of scheduled programming and extraterrestrial frequency wars and 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 uh, contact that will now upset the status quo of the entire world. And in order to really uh, appreciate this, we have to look back to the 1700s where we're seeing a repeat of history where, you know, people think of the French Revolution, but they don't realize, they don't remember, it did not just happen overnight. The French Revolution happened. Then Napoleon went to war with so many other monarchs who wanted to reestablish the old rule. And then even after Napoleon was ousted, the revolution still ended up succeeding later after the monarchs came back in power and then were usurped again. That could look like, you know, people overcome corporations, then they come back after a third party revolution, but then the people come back again. Anything is possible. Please go ahead. Well, then before you're you're very right to bring up. The last time Pluto was in Aquarius, we had American Revolution, French Revolution, particularly interesting that, you know, that that means that America is now coming to the end of a full Pluto journey before that Pluto in Aqua, the 1500s Pluto in Aquarius was uh, the same time as the English Reformation of the church. So like the Protestant Reformation, in a sense, which wow. at that time. You know, the power structure and authority was so heavily vested in the the Roman Empire and the Catholic Church, whether from Spain or from. That was the last time it was before the 1700s. And then it was the Protestant Revolution. And then we had. Into Pluto Aquarius. Yeah, that happened. Oh, my fucking God. I didn't know that. That's crazy. And then you had that whole spell between the, you know, between that and the 1700s, where it was more like monarchs actually had some real power and it wasn't so heavily invested in the church. The church was still around, was still a force. Right. It took, you know, it kind of took second place. That is mind blowing. And I've been thinking about this a lot, how I would describe Pluto to help people comprehend what it really means for. You know, because you want to, you'll think about this in your own chart too. Like what does Aquarius in your chart represent? Where, what houses and things like that. Because Pluto is the slowest moving of these planets. You can think of it like every system that ever existed, whether biological or artificial, no matter how perfect and well-tuned and well-crafted and balanced it is over enough time, eventually it will become corrupt. Yeah. Period. That's yeah. what like what, in biology, that's aging in yeah. government. It's pretty self-evident. <laughs> so by the time Pluto hits a house or I'm sorry, by the time Pluto comes into a sign, that sign has reached peak corruption. Yeah. And, and, and I have chills with you saying that because that's the theme of Pluto Aquarius, the corruption of humanity and simultaneously the awakening and revolution of humanity. 
which is going to account for just like every other time Pluto was in Aquarius during the Protestant Revolution and during, of course, the 1700s, mass extinction events, war, pestilence, famine, death, because this is getting ready to set the tone for the brand new generation and the Pluto Aqua and Pluto Pisces kids that are going to be born. I thank you so much for bringing up the the end of like the cast, the Catholicism and bringing that is so key. And uh, things like that are how we even have. There's a question here. How did Pluto get all these associations since 1930? This is how is people well retroactively retroactive. You know, they yeah. consider it cycle and they retroactively apply that to. <laughs> but it's funny because we don't even really like it's, if Pluto's only been observed since back then, we've not even actually with our own eyes or anybody with their own eyes observed it do a full cycle so exactly <laughs> exactly and that's what makes it the representative of the unconscious in the zodiac in a in a way because it's like not visible it's far out it's all encompassing it's the biggest circle that we're you know that we're measuring so there's a lot to that and my theory is that every generation that witnesses that witnesses alien contact because it's such a long cycle you can think of it as aliens that return and of course, certain lifetimes go without seeing them return in their cycle. And the thing uh, that we also want to take into account is the curtain with Saturn and Pisces is being pulled back over how most of these governments work together to hide information from us. Because there is the concept that every government has information about Antarctica that they won't let people travel to. They have information about what more is there in the world out in space and beyond this planet. Like there, there is truth to the whole notion that, you know, there's, there's probably more land outside of just this world. There could be an inner hollow earth and there's information that if released will destabilize participation in society. So governments, of course, have outlawed the revelation of this. What happens when all of this gets revealed over the next five, 10 years? Revolution. And I like that you brought up the theme of corruption because this is going to, of course, try every human being as they come into a new level of sovereignty with the augmentation of technology. And now if we want to look at Pluto's dance in 2024, it this is the last year it's going to retrograde back into Capricorn. 2025, it's fully in there once it goes back in November. And the reason why this is very, very, very important and very, very, very key is the retrograde back into Capricorn is right after that glass breaks. And we can never go back to the old structure and banks start crashing everywhere. And if you haven't built your arc, Noah's Ark to make it through into this new world, you're going to be washed away uh, with you. And this is as practical as you trusting in the dying system and putting all your eggs in that basket instead of investing in the future that may look weird right now, but is ahead of its time. Or, you know, in some sense, the practical future is the is actually old ways too, because this is, we're return it's returning to a place it's already been so you know it's got to clean things up aquarius being our related to our our connectivity our networks the the flow of information and energy across a vast system you know that's Mm -hmm. one of the ways that you can comprehend what aquarius represents and so what has reached peak corruption as pluto is approaching aquarius is resource flow and distribution across the planet it's very wasteful it's very lopsided. You know, we're 
it's very poisonous <laughs> where people, I mean, think about it, like where people get their food for the most part is, is not looking good. And so right. people, if people are still kind of in the old system, especially if they're poisoning the food supply and the, buying the GMOs and all of that, you know, at, at its peak corruption level, and they have, they haven't started a shift into a different resource network allocation low, you know, entry now, now point. Get this, bro. Be in trouble. Tell me what you think about this, because you peaked my you, you you triggered me with the word energy. That's an I have a couple theories about Pluto Aqua, which we'll, of course we'll talk about. But Pluto Aqua, I feel like is the energy revolution where every human being recognizes that there's a, a new source of energy that's never been new. It's always been around and you can harness it directly, beating the need for corporations. So how do we limit this in people so that we don't lose money? And now how you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to put into words now, but I think through our minds, this is what's going to activate that. My um, last guest on the podcast, he got paralyzed from the chest down and he channeled energy with his higher mind into his body and fixed his permanent paralysis. <laughs> he was going to be permanently paralyzed for life. Surgeons, doctors, it's all documented. They said so. Done. He channeled energy with his higher mind and cured Done. permanent paralysis. That's the yes. free energy. Thank you. So you have chills all over my body. That's and that's the, it. That's and then the it. other thing I want to put in too is about networks. Uh, some of some people are always going to be a little ahead of the sky clock. You know, they felt it coming. They yeah. or they they listened to the right messenger who was saying yeah. it's happening. And I'll shout out to the bear community of uh, the the great Owen Benjamin, and he's got. A giant network of people that sort of just got, they gather around him as a temple. The only right? person to get his jokes stolen by Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and other comedians. Yep. So <laughs> he, his, his community or the community that all, you know, has one thing in common that they like that guy. There's a huge movement with thousands of these people growing their own food, you know, uh, employing each other, sharing skills and, this this represents a network that's off the books outside of right. the mainstream system, yes, you yes. know, maybe even bartering at times. And that's what we should all be looking to enter into new contracts and new networks where resources can be distributed outside of the old hierarchical structure, the old taxes, the old, you know, uh, regulations and things that poison the, the resources while they're in yep. transit. And that's building the arc. That's a, uh, some Kurt had asked, could you uh, make a video about us prepping the arc and, um, uh, the Saturn retrograde in March of 2020, uh, Saturn going in in March 2023 was where you started to build your arc. The retrograde in September was where you put it together. You're done prepping it. So once we step into March, I will make a Saturn Pisces video about this arc journey and how to maintain that faith and chance. So September, September 2023. That's funny because that's when the uh, the bears had their national festival, like where they all come from around the country and meet in one spot and, you know, strengthen the network. That and social in, Virgo. That's a social uh, sign, too. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was in September 23. So funny, like that, that fits the astrology. They met for real. Virgo is meeting socially for real. I, I love that. And not that it had to happen just then, but it's really good affinity. Um, yeah, man, like you, what you said was so crucial. What you said, well, I think was one of the most important things that needed to be said, because that's a huge part of the arc. Uranus and Taurus, right? If you think of YouTube as how much of it, if it's a mainstream source, that's like Aquarius. Then you take Rumble, 
Rumble is like a new independent platform. So people made fun of DJ Academics, a Taurus, for getting a, a, a check from Rumble to bring his streaming audience to Rumble, right? He still streams across platforms, but of course, Uranus Taurus, people were trying to act like, oh, he fell off, but those people are sowing the seeds for platforms that look small now, but in the long term are going to be the next Google. They're going to be the next YouTube. And that's that bridge and arc where you are outside of the system connecting with this currency of a network to which will be temporary and which will be attacked by these people who see what you're doing, going to establish this new promised land. And, and what's so sharp about this transition too, is like Capricorn is the Highlander. Like I'm at the top. There can only be yes, one. I'm the yes. big daddy boss. And then Aquarius <laughs> is like eclectic spread out, distributed multiple options instead of one option. So yeah. yeah, it'll go from, we'll probably see a big change over the next 20 years from there being like, there's just Google, there's just YouTube, there's just Facebook, et cetera, to like a, a myriad of options. And that's why President Trump is very uh, key here, too. You can time a lot of American events just by looking at his transits, which is really weird. Of course, you'll see it with the presidents, but it's really weird how that works with him. The Uranus and Gemini return oh, is going the precedence. to precedence. The precedence. <laughs> I love that. The Uranus and Gemini return in 2026 is going to be centered around his influence. This is where like people don't understand Trump doesn't need to win the elections. He already won the 2020 ones, but like he doesn't need to win the elections. It's this is this is why they're trying to arrest him. This is why they're trying to drop him from the ballot because the revolution he's meant to lead America into its next revolution. Not as like I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not trying to say that. Oh, he's the savior. I'm saying this is what the, the science says, like his, his influence especially since Uranus is going to return in a Gemini, that's that whole theme where stuff that is inspired from him, just like people were inspired by Tupac, will offshoot. And the reason why that's important is we might see the birth of a third party candidate win the election. I really think that might be the 2024 key. If Trump is not allowed to run, there's going to be some kind of revolution. If he wins, there will be a revolution. If he loses, there will be a civil war revolution. If he doesn't win or lose, like that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like a whole lot of what, what, what his influence is doing. And then also the opposite of what the Democrats are doing is making way for third party politics to take over. That is the, that is the major premise. I'm not, I mean, I, I don't know for sure a third party po politician will win, but I feel like if there was ever a year, they would, if not 2028, for sure, 2024. Um, but I, uh, I see it even more likely that it just, you know, falls, or people don't vote. It falls off completely. Yeah. Rather yeah. than a third party. That'll yeah. be the true revolution. Nobody. That's the that's the third party, though. The third because party will be that people voted for themselves and they just didn't vote in the system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the it's also becoming more evident to more people that the vote is also giving of energy. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. part of the, the thing, too, is like reclaiming our own energy. But remember, no vote is a vote. And I think that's going to be. I think you nailed it. I think that might be more the revolution where, especially if people are seeing that their candidate is off the ballot, you're going to see a larger amount of people not vote as well. Uh, well yeah, I think the real revolution might be through non-participation. 
Yeah. And that might sound like apathy. And boycotting and boycotting. But if we boycotted, <laughs> you got to understand politics is Hollywood for ugly people. That <laughs> the power comes from a bunch of people that saw the, the Hollywood for ugly people on TV say this is what's happening. And so they act accordingly. But yeah. the further we go into non-participation, non-observation of that particular pro wrestling match that is called politics, the like the less influence that government has over human life and affairs. Amen to at that. least that type of government. I mean, yeah. I think it's that simple. I think like we just like we feed it so much attention. Well, if of we have course to it's going to be energized. You. If we have to throw you in a, a, a camp because we have to force you to take something because you won't take it and we isolate you and we have to make you not breathe because you're fucking up the world for climate control, this makes it impossible for us to get together. And I think this is how they're slowly but surely they you can put where it if the shoe fits uh, is kind of taking advantage of the information channels, which is why apps like Telegram and, and things that allow us to communicate this. Oh, and bro, Chance, thank you so much for mentioning the person who healed his body with energy. That's the revolution, guys. His capacity to channel his higher self. What if that opens up a telepathic grid and channel that opens up our abilities so much stronger? This is going to put a lot of doctors out of business. And this is what's going to be a major element of this to where I can just use my mind in order to awaken who I've always been like the ancients have and see through all the deception of the system. And I think that, bro, thank you. That was the most important thing I think you said today. People can heal their body with their minds. Like conventional science birthed from materialist reductionism and empiricism has nerfed you from the fact that you can heal yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can literally manifest anything. That's actually you want the only thing that ever happened in healing. <laughs> it's yeah. the only way healing ever happened. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's such a thing as like trauma, trauma, triage, that type of thing where someone else can come in and like stop the bleeding, you know, keep right. you alive. But the further, the most far out view is that it's all, Everything here is a figment of your imagination, man. <laughs> and that's not, that's not going to really stop licensed physicians from sharing their expertise. If anything, they'll be able to afford the practice, but it's going to really dead that Capricorn old world of industrial destroy the planet to sell manufactured bullshit uh, that fucks up the or the rest of the the new generation. Pluto Aquarius kids and Pluto Pisces kids are going to shame the older generation for uh, how this has occurred. Uh, but yeah, I think Pluto Scorpio, we're good. Pluto Libra, we're good. But like you know, Pluto Virgo, we see you too. It's just very, you know, the opposition is Pluto Leo. They're, that's going to be their op. But what's going to be Trump's generation, ironically. But personally, you know, this You're is Pluto Scorpio, aren't you? Yeah, Pluto yeah. Scorpio. Me too. We're about we're close to the same age. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, we're bringing the transformation of society to to birth this exposure and birthing well, my, my, my son and Venus and Mercury, all kinds of stuff is all piled up in the eighth house. So, like, I'm about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> transformation taboo. Let's go. Rebirth. Let's go. But like, you, I think the first part of this Pluto Aqua is exposing all the lies, all the conspiracy theories that are no more, no longer theories. 
And this is where I think there'll be credence to a lot of flat earth theories is just the understanding of like, like, do I believe the earth is flat? No. Do I believe that they're hiding the wall behind Antarctica? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But on that subject, have you ever thought about how a sextant works? Sextant? Yeah. So a sextant creates, uh, is able to measure the distance from one place to another but the, it requires, it's a trigonometry device. The sailors use it. Oh, okay. And right. it requ- it does not work with curves. It only works with a triangle. So for the, the fact that a sextant is something that navigators can use to accurately get where they're going using stars, <laughs> I mean, it, it's game over. Like That's not a curve that you're on if that works that way. Well, and anybody can use there's it. A, there's, there's such a large expanse of flat space that wouldn't necessarily mean that there isn't a curve outside of that. And I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if there is a curve, it's way, it's a way bigger, exactly. and that's, that's, way bigger. And that's the planet. The planet is, I think the planet is so much bigger than the maps have shown us. Cause they're lying to us about extra land. Uh, but you know, personally, I don't, I think maybe it's like the, I don't think the world is perfectly round. You know, it it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be far off to say there are flat parts or it's like some kind of oblong figure, but I can say for a fact, I have never seen the earth. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe if I were to fly up and I were to see what it was, we'll see, but see, we can fly, bro. We can use our chi to fly. So I I think we're going to, and astral project, or fly and see it ourselves. And that's, that's going to be really dope too. I'm in, I'm in for that. Yeah. I think that's part of the, the renovation of our unconscious that's going on all the time with Pluto is, you know, there was a lot of, you can't do that because I said so, or because you read that that wasn't possible. And the, uh, we're, we're looking at the last gasps of a, of authority. And then, then now that Pluto's moved through that, now that that sign Capricorn is going to be in a a new state in a sense, like starting fresh. And that's, that's interesting. It won't be like instantaneous flip a switch, but in the coming years, and it's not, it will take a while, but we'll be rebuilding our idea of authority and, and power structures in the world. And that's interesting. That means, that means that the Legos are, are going to be on the table disassembled. And grab whatever Legos you can, put something together. Like now's the yeah. time. No, I, and and everyone represents a puzzle piece. So the, in this uh, awakening out of the corruption of humanity, it's everyone with their wisdom creating a new puzzle together to to form a new collective, a new era, a new generation. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think during this period, the the poles may switch if that's actually a thing. Uh, so that'll be, I think there'll be switch changes in our universe that change the way we even look at astrology, which now once again reminds us, this is the end of the world as we know it. Every single concept we've used to known it's, it's over. And that's why we're the revolution. We got to take our, our experience, our wisdom and our knowledge 
and to really live our truth. And I think a lot of people can get very set back and feel like, oh, you know, we've been cushioned by technology. We've, we, 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 we didn't necessarily know how to grow plants. Like every, not everyone knows how to grow plants. A lot of people have been dependent on their, their store to source their food. And a lot of you can feel like, oh, you're not prepared for what's going to come if the internet has come through. But what has evolved human consciousness is the ability to adapt adaptation every single one of you watching this you have learned everything that you are destined to learn in your life for this moment right now and should the internet stop working and everything that we've known to believe stop functioning you will be able to adapt and apply everything you've learned moving forward because knowledge is currency so everything you don't know you'll be able to meet someone who knows what you don't know and you will know something they don't know and this is where we're having to start from square one and build community <laughs> that's why i started a podcast all those years ago I, I realized everybody knows something nobody else knows or, you know, per, like a, a perspective on it that nobody else has had. And that's valuable. And that's, we all have that value. And, and some people give away connected. that value. You know what I mean? And like, life has this tendency to bring what is needed to right. a place where it's needed. I mean, look at that with plants and herbs that right. a, a tribe that has a certain ailment in their health the plant that will heal that will grow right in their That's right in their crazy. space. That's like people crazy. are all people are all like, I got allergies. I got allergies. So many people complain about that in their yard, in everybody's yard, dandelions all over the place. Dandelion tea is great for allergies. It's right. it's always present. Like nature is designed that way. To like that's the that's how that's what Aquarius actually is. Yeah, in a sense, it's the it's the thing that transports what's needed where it's needed and you see like that's why the water bear is the symbol of it even though it's an air sign right because it's the it's representative of the water cycle on the planet that you know where it's dry rain will come <laughs> you know and like uh water moves downhill that like it has this flow to it that transfers and moves it around the planet so that it can be in the right place at the right time I love how you said the plant that needs to grow will grow that you're dropping a lot of gems. And I really appreciate that. And Jenny G had mentioned uh, the genius of our natal charts. It's our personal angle. And it's it's very important because uh, you chose the parents you're going to be born to. You have a south and north node. You chose exactly what gifts to come through. And sometimes society makes you forget. You can give your power away and forget that you have something of value. Nobody like depression is a demon that uh, tries to get people to kill themselves. Nobody really willingly wants to kill themselves. I will always believe it's some external force, whether through your subconscious projections or depression, but like you have something that everyone else needs. That's why you're here on this earth. That's literally why you're here. And you pick up so much stuff on the way you're never like everyone you, of course, in miracles will tell you this. You're never meeting someone for no reason. You are never in the place you are at right now for no reason. All right. And, and I'm a bit of a nihilist, but I will still tell you that whether there's meaning or not, you're, you're here right now for a reason. There is something that you can function, even if that function is to do nothing, but just be. Right. So it's just very amazing to. Well, a way to reframe that is to realize that you have value in being 
M B. Being is the value. Not yes. Being, yes. The, the, being is the value. And so, like to uh, address your nihilism. <laughs> <laughs> it may be I have like positive nihilism though. Like nothing that's... matters. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like everything has meaning, but that still doesn't matter to me. That's just me being a dick. <laughs> I get I get you. I get you. But uh because I you know it's like the once you have everything together in one soup, it becomes nothing. So nothing nothing matters, everything matters. It's like this paradox. It's like a paradox, soup. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's and like I don't know where it's going with that, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I had something, but let's. Can we get into January? I think it's yeah, a good time in the the stream to do that. Okay, so we're, we're gonna have some stuff on the screen for each month of some of the transits. I want to just let you talk about what you think these things are gonna feel like. You don't have to address all of it, but okay. screenshot away, people. This I'm sure a helpful resource. Put it in your journal. So it's helpful to look at the year and seasons. If you like your favorite television show. Every year is like four seasons. And by the way, astrology to me is a form of space racism that I want to innovate because people practice like lame space racism. And I want to kind of teach people how to perform it way better. But uh, birthday <laughs> racism, birthday <laughs> racism. Amen. Yes. One of the best kind ever. Um, let's look at, of course, every year, 20, every year has four seasons. So it, it, we can look at it as TV show seasons. Every year has the activation season, which is the start of the season in March. And then we have the integration season, uh, which is summer. And then we have the breakthrough harvest season in the fall. And then we have the conclusion season in the winter. So 2024, we start off at the end of the old cycle that we started March of 2023. And now if we look at the major, if we look at this year as a, a, a sitcom, uh, if we look at the major trends of this year, we're going to see, of course, the Saturn Sun conjunction that's going to bring in the end of the world cycle and officially activate it. And we're going to see Jupiter move out of Taurus and go into Gemini. The last time Jupiter was in Gemini, we had zeitgeist and other sorts of conspiracy theories that we later found out were not theories. So Jupiter and Gemini is going to be the huge I told you so completion, which is going to bear another cycle of enlightened messages and truth. So one way to really look at January uh, 2023 brought us into this shift and transcendence. 2024 is going to be the actual change. And then 2025 is going to move us in that new direction of the new world order. So once you understand that 2024 is that transitionary change where it has to facilitate the end of everything and all the old concepts so that 2025 can move us into that new world order that we will now experience 2026. This is going to give you a whole lot of context and seeing how Pluto has that Kazemi with the sun in Aquarius and everything about Aquarius is going to show us concepts and themes that as a generation we are seeing for the first time. This is not like 2018. This is not like 2008 where we were just coming into the beginnings of this being exposed. This is now at this extraterrestrial supernatural Aquarian level. So January will represent the completion of the evolution that we sparked with this new Jupiter cycle since March of 2023. January is going to be a sneak peek of everybody who is central to you in this revolution. 
I want you to think about the civil rights movement. I want you to think about the revolutionary war where the British were coming. Okay, we can fast forward all the way to the beginning or end of George Washington's first presidency. You know what I mean? When he is, of course, passing the torch to the second president, he's going to remember of all the people who he had initially met when writing that constitution was just an idea. All right, of course, relative to the actual analogy, they signed it at the end of Capricorn. But let's just assume like let's just assume for the purpose of this analogy, the beginning of Pluto Aqua was that revolution. And then the end of that was, you know, moving forward. Right. This is where if you think about after the success of the civil rights movement for that time, all the people who when it was just an idea to create civil rights, all the people who were the central characters who they didn't know would end up playing all these pivotal roles. That's what Aquarius in January is showing you this season. At this stage in your development, you have activated the final awakening with this Pluto Kazemi to this connection to your higher self. And I love the paradox of endings equal newing beginnings. Let's say the power of Christ, this, this OG self of you that you can connect to your higher self to channel energy, to heal half of your body that was paralyzed before represents the awakening of your body. We see the breakthrough point where you initially realize pure crystallized connection versus the end of the cycle, 29 degrees Pluto Aqua, where you have developed such an extraordinary strong connection with this higher self. You have a specific language you speak to it in. Boom. And like it comes through. So this is that progression where we are coming into that eclipse of, oh, wow, this is what it actually is. The beginning versus the end, the star card. There we go. You know, I just popped that out of my deck, right? Like, oh, you, oh, I thought you so you, I thought you just pulled that out on purpose. I didn't know. No, that. no, I just I, I pulled it out of the deck randomly. Uh, and look what's on bottom. Uh, it's gone. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> I got the hot hands like you, dude. We, we both got the hot hands. This, the, yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> hits don't stop with you, bro. And that's why I love Aries. Aries, the older I get, Aries is the one. Aries is the one. For any of you who are looking for the one, find an Aries. Aries is, of course, like the archetype of the one. It really took me. I'm literally looking at January 1 as I say this. So, and that's very important because the North Node in Aries is highlighting this beautiful transition into individuality and a revolution through Aries. So those are your connects. You have to find people with Aries energy, just like what I'm doing right now, connecting with Vibrant episode 115 through this individual platform is a function of this because he is stepping up into his power to be this individual. So that's what Aquarius sextiles and Capricorn is going to have you self-realize the God power that will now connect you into Aquarius so that you can connect with the team of people who you will bring this revolution into with. Obviously, you are vibrating at a frequency that will attract people who you're meant to move with and repel people who challenge that negatively or positively. So a lot of the new moon and the full moon 
in squaring the nodes is having you direct the integrity of the ascended perspective in Sagittarius and seeing, of course, Mercury go direct. This is taking everything we've elevated in our perspective and completing the synchronization process between our higher and lower selves so that we can begin to utilize it. AKA January is the month where you complete learning how to use your super God powers and Aquarius coming through February is going to be the knowledge of your unique God powers that help you stand out relative to the rest of humanity in which you will connect with your X-Men team. It's going to be very wild. <laughs> so pay attention to people that are in your life at, through this month. And you think, um, you know, I don't really believe in like pruning people out of your life, but like just watch who who floats in and watch who falls away. Watch what behaviors you're attracted to and what behaviors you're like are repelling you that maybe were habitual before. Yeah. And and maybe that uh really set up like that preview for yourself or write treat this month like you're writing the prologue. So yeah. to whatever degree, yeah. you know, don't worry about like yeah. what you can or can't have steam to keep going with, or if you if you wobble a bit or fail a bit, but like really write this month as your prologue. You know, I already see it in myself that there's certain things that I'm I'm feeling inspired to do that I've always wanted to do or I still get it like 2023 was me getting the, the hang of <laughs> the the super god powers you're talking about <laughs> and also just the getting used to going uh full time awakened god powers, let's say that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cuz Okay, that's a good way of putting it. Like 2023, the the God powers, I'll explain what I like what that means for me uniquely. They they were present, but almost like I was testing the limits of like how well how well did they come through even when I don't feel always optimal? Or like if I'm tired or if I'm like my habits are perfect or you know, things like that. Do can can I can I trust that this connection is present no matter what? Even Beautiful. if even if I'm not fully feeling like I'm in the zone or something like that, you know, there's things about the the year. My habits may have been good in some ways and slipped in other ways. But what I found out was that my abilities were present regardless of my state. And that like once I entered the flow and asked for the abilities to come through, they were there. And I would even be charged up in the, in the moment that I was using them, even if my battery was low before. So, cause I had like a lot of paranoia. Can I do what I do? Um, will there be a day where I like, I can't do it today, but here's the client. They need me, you know, they, they pay for it. What's going to happen. So 2023 was almost like un unconsciously testing the limits of that and, and, and finding out that there, that it works no matter what. And so, you know, and for your audience, cause we're co-streaming to your platform besides a, doing a podcast, I help people comb out the the negative energy of their aura through using tuning forks and you know some other aspects to the method but essentially like what you're talking about super god powers that might sound um <clears throat> it might sound exaggerated or something to people that aren't your regular listeners or or right. whatnot but what i think you mean is that we each once we once we pick up the mantle of whatever of the character that we're supposed to be while we're here, 
there's going to be something we find out that we can do that nobody taught us how to do that. No, you just yes, do that. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Bro. Like you've been dropping the bombs and gems yourself. And every time you come through, you're just like taking it to the next level. Everything that you just said, Chance, is the theme of Saturn and Pisces. It's the faith boat ride on Noah's Ark, because what's going to happen is you're going to be in a situation where communication is cut off from you and you have nothing but your faith in yourself to go off on where like when you doesn't feel it works, you knowing it works. What Chance just described is the awakening of your God power since 2020. And the reason why I want to exaggerate it is because if you think about awakened God power as a concept, it's like a fantasy superhero concept. So just like Chance said, what if you actually awaken a physical, scientific, causality basis for which you can measure power that you were taught you, it was impossible to have, that you've had your whole life, but just always said it was a coincidence? And 2020 was the process from now, from taking conscious incompetence Turning it into uncon oh, to conscious in sorry conscious or conscious incompetence turning it into conscious competence and now 2023 was unconscious competence that was all 2023 where now you've awakened Dude, that is what it felt like unconscious yes, competence exactly that to but now I'm aware of how it works and the the mechanics of it. That part, no, that part right there, that part right there is once again the most important. And and what you said before was so important. Where you're like, even when I feel, even when I don't feel it works, I, I still know it works for me. You know what I'm saying? Like just basically having faith in your own power because there's so much external false narratives that take you out of your own power that those who have faith in their God will do exploits. The people who are going to give their power away because they don't believe in themselves, they're going to die. They're going to be led to the slaughter. Those of you who have nothing but your faith in your power to rely on, you've already shown that even if you don't know what's happening, your power still works. All right, it's still going to guide you and, and, and balance this out objectively as well. And if you're having a hard time where like, it's not, I don't know if I can do it today. I, I'm If I ever had a day like that, I just, at that moment, I'm most of the time I do this anyway, but I like give it up to God. Like, God, you got yes. this one. I don't know. I don't know if I've got the juice today. Can you make sure that this all goes like it should? And then those end up being like the biggest session. So it taught me through the, you know, the unconscious competence, if you will, that that taught me the lesson of like, okay, regardless of how I feel going in, have the faith, give, ask for <laughs> you know, the, the, the religious language is whatever, maybe come up with your own language to the sacred. But I like to this phrase right here. I invoke the source and singularity of all life. Just say that. Do you feel that? There's like a charge that you get up and down your spine. I invoke the source and singularity of all life. And that one sentence Boom. you said when Gemini goes, when Jupiter goes into Gemini, we're going to take Chance's sentence and you're going to have your own unique word that that symbolizes for you. This is the creation of your new magic language, the intentional words. You're realizing now that it's not what you say that changes things. It's your intention. So I'm I can a first degree Jupiter Gemini, by the way. Oh, this is your return. Yeah. Congratulations, bro. This is, this is about to be lit. 
Um, and I think that's the 11th house for you as a Leo rising. So this is just a lot of success and, and coming into that. Congratulations, man. Um, it's, it's very, it's very telling too, because one thing you helped me, you just gave me another epiphany where how do I make sense of, you know, January 1st, starting the new year during the conclusion arc? Like imagine the beginning of the year happens at the, like, imagine you watch a movie and after the climax of the movie, which is Sagittarius season, then of course you have the end of the movie. Like the movie never just ends at the climax. The, the Harry Potter doesn't beat Voldemort and the movie ends. You have the conclusion. What was the aftermath of that? Okay. This is, this is how we resolve the conflict, right? So we the aftermath start is all have happily ever after you have some kids in the next Pisces, literally the dream <laughs> Pisces. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you start the year off at the end of the movie. But what you help me see this as now is this is the prologue. Another way to see the conclusion arc is the prologue to, of course, the beginning in Aries. So it's like we get to review the old story and then begin to write what we want to what this next story is about to be about. And well, what think we of it like nonfiction, man, like. Uh, cause this is real, yeah. <laughs> this is real life, you know? Yeah. Now, so in nonfiction, the prologue is the summary of what the work's going to be about. Oh, it's not, Ooh. you know, this isn't fiction. We aren't playing in fiction anymore. We're evolving past bars. We're, we're like, part of what's happening here is we are, we have learned to differentiate between what's real, like what's fiction and what's reality. In fact, that's an entire other rabbit hole, but that we get into all the time here. Yeah. What was what was the corruption that that Capricorn or structures or institutions was holding up all this time and has been all this time? It's the concept of the legal straw man, the legal fiction, the the fakes identifying with a fake self that only exists in two dimensionality on paper or in digital systems and pretending that that's actually you. The yeah. name on your driver's license. Yes. Mister, Mister, oh, are you Mr. Anderson or are you Neo? You're like the, we're going into the real world. So in nonfiction, the prologue summarizes what the work is going to be about. So I think that's really like a, a good way to think about this, this, this frame of what you're describing in January. Pretty cool. And it's everything about the North Node in Aries. So the South Node in Leo is you're, you're getting rid of that social expectation and you're diving into your individuality because who you know you are now is not who you know who who you thought you were before is not who you know you are now and as we move past january chance said the most important thing that represents what january is going to have you move forward with at this stage you now know and are conscious of what your power is and at least the very basics of how it works. So February is going to pour on top of that advanced knowledge. This is the equivalent of knowing the type and model of your car, the vehicle of your body that you have awakened out the shop. Well, then you're going to put technology over that Tesla. Or you're going to put technology over the car so that it can function electrically. And that electrical cosmic energy, the supernatural energy through Aquarius season coming into Pisces is what's going to now take the understanding of this power and have you connect to literal aliens with it. Advance your knowledge of what you've done and prepare you more for fucking war as you're going to do it in Aries.
My bad. I thought you were going to uh, mention something real quick. No, I'm just, la- I'm just, I'm stoked laughing. Let's get into February. It's a, a longer February. There's a lot of stuff happening. In so February. the lunar year begins in the, the 10th of February every year. I don't know if it's, a, I don't know about the lunar new year being the same day every year. I don't think it's the same day every year. I think it has to do with like uh, a new moon or the day after the new moon, but I could be wrong about that. I'm not, <laughs> not, that, not learned on that stuff. The year of the dra- Yeah. I want to start teaching Chinese astrology after, cause Chinese astrology is a whole nother level of accuracy that I totally slept on. So uh, it's very symbolic. It's very symbolic that during Aquarius season, uh, we're going to enter the year of the dragon, especially the wood dragon. Um, everything about Aquarius is going to fill you guys so much with hope because there is going to be a whole new legion of bullshit to prepare for the election cycle and to prepare to just trick people's minds. But by the time we come into, uh, of course, Aquarius and Pisces season, right? I think the most important part of this is the Kazemi. And I'm going to explain the Sun, Saturn, Pisces, Kazemi. That is over 200 years in the making. When you think that the last time Saturn was in Pisces was 93. And the last time before that was like the 69. But the last time Neptune was in Pisces was around the Dred Scott decision, the 1800s. So this Sun-Neptune conjunction over the next two years has not happened in over 180 years. And and it's going to feel like it. So this is literally where I want you to think March of 2023 was like the the end of the world bridging in. We had just, we had the Kazemi in Aquarius 2023. So what I want to give you an, an example of is an aquatic sea creature that we never really seen in human history because the last time it was around, a whole new, a whole different civilization was there and it wreaked havoc and destroyed the civilization there. So March of 2023 was where the sea creature has finally surfaced from the depths of the ocean. And as it was going through Pisces, it started to look up on civilization and be like, oh, okay, so this is how much time has passed. Then it retrograded in September and went back to that ocean spot just to get some stuff, right? That, uh, you know, should come, should come out through there, right? And now it's gone direct again. That ancient aquatic sea beast, all right? The sea king has now returned back to land. And once the sun conjuncts Pluto, now that Poseidon is back, this is where it's going to finally go into civilization. So everything up until this point was just the setup. And this is where the end of the world quite literally occurs. And that's the cycle that will start through and we can actually gauge mathematically every stage of this cycle from its Kazemi in February to the seeds breaking through the ground in June to the initial harvest in September that we will do all over again, 2025 with the next Kazemi and uh, December where it completes. So every mutable sign season will give us a window to let us know what phase it's in. And you'll be able to literally predict stuff based off of this precise mathematical uh, angle, which is terrifying. Everything with Saturn is timing. So that's why Saturn transits are very faithful. You can literally use Saturn as a timer of the space 
space clock. If all of the planets were wands and hands, the Saturn hand is very important uh, as everything that's personal will go quicker through that. And you can time stuff that happens within the system within those cycles. So February is going to really bring on a much uh, much more celestial quality. I think we're going to really personally come into alien contact outside of, you know, government news or, or media news. But the full moon in Virgo, the new moon in Aquarius is going to really establish the first cycle of this Pluto aqua revolution that we tasted 2023 before the official one 2025. And that's what's going to really sow the seeds towards this awakening of your energy the connection with your higher self, everything Chance said about his guest who uh, healed the lower half of his body. This is the collective awakening that over the next decade and a half, we will strengthen and strengthen and strengthen. We'll give birth to children who are just naturally born, able to harness and channel this energy. Yeah, dude, this guy woke up from a surgery that left him paralyzed, but it was like life-saving surgery. And he just woke up and he's like, I know how to fix this. He just, it, it, like, he just, it was in his mind. He knew. Not, before, wow. he, before he was in surgery, he didn't know. After he woke up from it, he just knew. And he that kind knew. of stuff, that stuff it's happens. Like people will wake up from a coma and speak a different language all of a sudden. And they just know it. That kind of, that kind of thing does happen, but people should check out that video. It doesn't have as many views as that story should get because uh it's the last one on my channel it's rj spina is his RJ name spina. so for people that are curious go go to Spine, the spina yeah and his name is spina right. yo Spine. you gave me chills again because him just knowing that's how the aquarius one is going to be it's opening up that sense of knowledge celestially with your higher self but because our brain doesn't process anything beyond the physical we're not going to think, oh, it's my higher self. That's why I know we're just, just going to be like, oh, I suddenly know. And we're going to be able to integrate that. And so like this is going to enable you to download a higher cycle of energy that your body was not ready to channel and was only channeling at like small quantities, but will and over the next year begin to unpack. Then we do it again unpack basically how we do with Capricorn. And so once again, the full moon in Virgo is going to complete uh, analytical understanding of how the dream is starting to crystallize. Everything about the sun, Pisces, Neptune, Kazemi is instituting the application of this awakening of energy to engineer, or should I say, imagineer reality warping. That is the collective application firmware update that everyone is going to be able to download. Pluto Aquarius is bringing an AI revolution, which will replace so much. And someone has created the technology to actually put a device on their head and the device reads the synapses from their brain and moves for them. So we are doing everything with our mind. By the time Pluto ends out of Aquarius, maybe around the 2040s, we're, we're able to do everything with just our minds. And that's like the external world getting in, getting uncorrupted in a way because it's <laughs> Pluto comes to clean out corruption. Or the, we can become cyborgs. Like well, this is the, very variable. The false, the false thing was that we were, that things were not under the control of our mind. Right. We're not influenced by our mind. 
Like right. that's, that's the truth. That was always the truth, but like we needed to flush some filters that have obscured the truth that our mind has that much influence on reality. And a lot, I'm so glad you told me about the last Pluto cycle and how that came out of, uh, that led to the Protestantism. Uh, because I think the one, you know, it, it, we see the theme of Pluto Aquarius is bringing new knowledge where a huge theme of this out of the dark ages of Catholicism was the enlightenment era where we started to see science move to empirical at the time it was needed though, versus now where we're too empirical and now we're taking that knowledge to move. I'm not going to say spiritual, but cosmically, metaphysically, metaphysically, because metaphysics is still physics, but we're going to be able to actually quantify a science of everything beyond that one degree of the electromagnetic spectrum that we can perceive. Uh, I think a resurgence of remote viewing. And that's where March is going to really push us into Pisces season and really kick in this brand new sun Saturn cycle. This is where those of you who've built the arc, now the floodwaters have reached the final highest point. And the thing is, what gave me chills is if you count the length of time that Noah was on the ark, it is the near exact same time that it will take Saturn to move through Pisces and finish the cycle. Okay. Give or take, you know, a few days here and there. And this represents our faith journey. You have to understand we're reading the book, you know, we're reading the story, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years after at least it was written, we can say the, the, perspective of Noah, which is that state of faith, everything about Noah is faith. You know what I'm saying? He had to believe to even get to this point. He did not know what the next step would look like. He is literally just in his boat that represents your imagination and belief, your faith with this connection through the end of everything you've ever known and ever have had this stability on. Before civil war breaks out and destabilizes where the last time we had civil war, Uranus was in Gemini, Neptune was in Aries, and Neptune's going to go back in Aries 2025 and Uranus is going to enter Gemini 2026. So the stage is being set, right? Does it have to happen the way it happened back then? Is it going to be an ugly outcome? This could be great. It's very variable. It depends with the test. The collective Saturn Pisces test is karma. Can everyone collectively get together? Because the last two cycles with Pluto, people's failure to get together and resolve differences led into even more chaos through the world wars that we've had. You and I can read the writing on the wall. It doesn't look like people are ready to come together. So it looks like this is going to create more war and chaos. This is going to be a purge. Saturn and Pisces is the once in 30 year purge that nature does automatically through the sequence of people thinking that things happen physically when there are metaphysical sources and influences. So 2024 is going to be the beginning of the end of the world. And this is where we are moving on that Noah's Ark ride in faith knowing that once we finish Mercury retrograde 
And the Mercury transit is like the bird that we take out and it goes ahead of the sun and then it lands. It gets a leaf to let us know the water has receded and it comes back to the sun and then it goes backwards. That's a way you could look at Mercury retrograde. Of course, in re- in, in in retrospect to the analogy. Is that why you got the dove as your like logo? You're the one that goes out and brings the, the olive leaf representing wisdom, divine love. That's not why, but that's pretty much what I do. I, it might as well be why. Like, I didn't really have a reason for that, but I think that might have been the unconscious reason that uh, that, that was kind of there. Oh, man. there's <laughs> I've been on like a huge research kick uh, the last couple of days from stuff I've been reading about the the dove. You know, you, the whole you know, one, one alternative Noah's Ark story is Jonah and the whale. Yeah, yeah. What people don't like, this is all in the same part of the sky of astro theology wise. What people might not realize is that Yuna is the same word as Yoni, and it actually means dove. Both of those words mean dove. (laughs) The Yoni and the dove are the same thing. So, like when you see Jesus with the dove, that's the female generative principle, and that's the savior in a sense, because that's what allows that's the portal that new life comes through. Without the, and there's a whole backstory of like more phallic cults versus more yoni cults. Well, that- the the thing I love about that is I've always felt the Holy Spirit, like the Father and the Son, are both physical, but the the Spirit has no form, and I felt like that might be the mother, that might be the closest to the woman in that Trinity, or, or not is, the yeah. woman. The Holy the Holy Ghost was often female, right? Fact. Yeah, and there's there's so much stuff about the dove or the the Yuna or Yona in in the ancient mythos, it's it's kind of intense. Uh, how wow. much is there with it? Like especially the goddess with like a, the emblem of a dove over her head. There's entire there's entire cults or times in the ancient world where the the god goddess and then divine child. The divine child was actually a goddess instead of a a male figure. But of course, that guy she, that he she is always. <laughs> Kind of like hermaphroditic represents the two forces brought together of the male and female generative principle, but there it just it's replete. Like even Helen of Troy is a dove symbolically. Like when you hear the ancient Greeks referred to as Hellenistic culture or the Ionians, it's the same. It's the same meaning. That's one of those examples, like going all the way back to the beginning of how if you know language. Through syncretism, you can find the universal truth that is in, uh, that's hiding within what seem to be two different things. So yeah. Jonah and the whale, Noah and the ark. It's well, what's the universal? There is the the dove representing a savior uh, aspect, or yeah. a dove representing the meaning of we're saved, like <laughs> or being saved. So anyway, I'm kind of taking this into tangents, but it's an interesting symbol. It's been on my mind. And it's it's also very, I think, revealing, too, if you think. Let's see. I would say even outside the symbols. um, The disillusionment effect. That's kind of taking us out of uh, the illusions that we've been kind of that have been force fed to us. Um, and, and what I love about what you said too, is that 
you know, uh, I've learned that nature really mirrors the spiritual and um, in one clue to kind of learn about that God concept, uh, God, you know, kind of being genderless, kind of having that masculine expression through the father, but the feminine through its nurturing of us. Right. Um, You cannot get an XX chromosome from an XY. I mean, I know there's so many different ways animals reproduce, but like for humans, an X, X chromosome, uh, XY chromosome can never create an XX chromosome, but an XY chromosome comes from the mutation of an XX, which allegedly, really, alle- allegedly, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know that. So maybe though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's DNA science. That's if you, the, the XX chromosomes, like every, the clit, the dick used to be a clit, uh, this used to be like if we didn't have the if we stayed that's why we got that's why men have nipples one of the greatest mysteries of all time right (laughs) (laughs) why do we have these vestigial vestigial nipples so you know it's something to be said of the quote-unquote divine mother or at least uh you know just that that prince i don't even want to call it a feminine principle or or the eve gene but uh just kind of being able to account for that because at the same time you know at least the way things are now um, an egg cannot give birth. Yes, the woman gives birth, but without sperm, you know, she's not giving birth. You know, you know, Yadhe Vavhe is Eve too. Like no way. So when you take Hebrew letters and put them into English letters, there's a there's options. <laughs> you know, one letter doesn't go con just become one other. One Hebrew letter doesn't become just one English letter. It could transliterate in multiple ways. So that Yad can be an I. The hey can be an e, the vav, we know that's a that can be a v or a u, and the other hey could be e. So what I'm saying is yad hey vav hey could be i e v e, which is yiv, and that's <laughs> so the mother is the father in the ancient system. This is the same being, and it is that generative principle with both sides brought together. There's tons of uh, other ways I could I could prove that you know given time, but maybe we should move into. April. Which is that trinity, you know, the mother, father, and the child, the the mother and the father coming together to 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 harness that God energy to create, you know. That's the savior. Yeah, dude. The uh the savior is the spark between the masculine and feminine. You know, if mom and dad didn't have that attraction and get together and get it on, you wouldn't be here, which means humanity would not continue, which means life would end. So the savior, that's why the ancients uh, also called this savior Eros. Or the being that emerged from the cosmic egg, Fanny, is also called Eros, which is erotic love. The savior and erotic love are the same thing, which is what I think made everything everything got so weird when all of a sudden a church came in that was like, you know, sex is bad. That totally inverts what the ancient system was. And I want to speak on that. The logic of it. I want to speak on that a little bit because that is is something that... uh, once again, people may not really factor in like there was a period of time where ancient texts were edited by people in that era who would read it and be like, this is not Christian enough. We need to take this scene of sex away, which now makes you think, well, what did they originally think about it? And so that's why I love what you said about 
eros and, and erotic sex and and really just like that the, the natural the nature of it all and that brings in gnosticism and, and other such kind of things but the thing that we want to kind of make clear for january february or march right is this with the kazemi of saturn and neptune bring in the last and final disillusionment the fog see many of you have always been connected to your true self out of this illusion and that's what's been telling you the truth that you've been gaslighted for believing so the disillusionment is saturn cutting the veil the reaper and it's going to get rid of the fog over the next year and a half this is what's going to start to disillusion you to actually make sense of not only what has been around you and not only everything you're imagineering for the rest of the year because Pisces Kazemis is you sowing the seeds for your dream that you harvest in Virgo when it's real. And so Gemini is the programming of your brain to bring your thoughts and take your dreams to manifest reality that we are visually seeing in Sag. And one thing that I forgot to say as far as the difference between Sag and Taurus is, you know, we look at uh, Sagittarius as sight and vision, but Taurus is your natural senses. So the ability to actually physically see is Taurus, but Sagittarius is the perception. So the reason why you interpret the meaning of what you see, that's your third eye, your higher mind, Sagittarius. If we didn't have Sagittarius, we would just be processing stuff physically, possibly like animals, where we just kind of like you know, see it, but we're not really interpreting things. And actually, I'm not going to say animals can't interpret things. That that was probably speciesist. But yeah, the very important mechanism for January, February, March is your prologue. This is going to begin the disillusionment process to where you're starting to awaken your God power and really set the initial causality of what you imagine and what happens. And the reason why this is important, where there's going to be massive disclosure where basically what January, February, and March signify is you finally awakening to the fact that you don't need a middleman because now the information you're channeling is beating the news. You're directly connecting with these aliens that the government is trying to tell you exists, and you're starting to manifest real evidence that by September of 2024 and September of 2025, will be crystallized to where you will have receipts that you can write a book about. Like, this is my evidence. All right. This is very important. I've been running into aliens, but they are people's, they're people's ancestors that are dead. Well, the invasion is coming from within. And they didn't, and they did, I like, I mean that literally in sessions with people pretty frequently, I've been running into things attached to them that you would consider demonic, but they end up being the person's ancestor. And a bunch of times I even will get the info of like what their life was like, whose side, mom's side of the family, dad's side of the family, how many generations back? Is it a male, wow. male or a female, like specifics. And then I so relay that like to the person and they're like, yeah, I actually know who that is. Like and you some, see them attached to their like energy. It's in their energy field somewhere. Yeah. And wow. It's uh it is really like invasion of the body snatchers, but it's it's not from some other planet out there. It's spirits that are like hung it's the hungry ghost idea, like Buddhism. And and it's it's intense. I had a client that had one of these attachments that he had he didn't 
mention it to me, but whenever I came across it, he said he'd tried to remove this attachment for like with other people and had never been successful. And when we did, and this is what we have to realize, like in the macrocosm, because I'm talking microcosm, this is one person's life, but this is what's going on. And this guy's an, an aqua sun, right? <laughs> and this just happened. So in the microcosm, it's this one guy, but in what it tells me about the macrocosm is when we remove this old dead thing that's been puppeting humanity or puppeting our networks and systems, this yeah. art, because dead and artificial or dead in fiction, they have the same meaning legally. So I'm talking about like the false identity. Right. The, the strong demonic, man. The, like demonic influence or demonic possession is it works through creating a false identity. You believe that identity is who you are, and then you act accordingly in ways that are self-destructive. So when yeah. I when I this guy's ancestor that was attached to him was like one of these uh like 1920s gangster types. And the influence, the identity that it implanted on him was to do gang shit, you know, and to like sell, sell drugs, make money off illegally, like that kind of hustle. And there's more to the story, but we removed <laughs> it. And after, after that was removed, he actually had a really hard time for the next week where he was like kind of spiraling and relapsing in a bunch of ways. And it's like, everything's falling apart. All this work he'd been trying to do is all of a sudden like gone up in flames it seemed like really he just needed uh another session i think and we did that and that helped and actually helped a lot but what what happens is when you remove this false identity for people especially if it's like ripping off a band-aid the there can be a crisis where it's like who am i there can be slipping into victimhood like oh my entire life was just puppeted by this other thing. And so basically my life was ruined and now here I am and I can't get those years back. There's a lot of stages of like grief and anger that go on after this false identity is removed. And I want people to be aware of that, like in the micro and the macro that that's coming up for, for you and for us, <laughs> you know, like that's, so be aware, like when, um, Whenever you make the shifts, whenever you kick the, the bad habit, whenever you do the thing that you need to do and you're going through that rocky part after after the decision is made where your identity feels shaken to its core, that's the most important moment to when you're going through hell, keep going. Don't don't like don't don't believe any kind of false identities that are new that come crop up at that time because something will appear to feel the fill the void it will tell you you've been victimized it'll tell you you deserve you know what you what you get or you you know you're never going to be better than what you are so just do keep doing some or like bring back some bad habit you know my point is you remove the false identity that was that was wrong and harmful before there will be like waves of (laughs) of uncertainty and doubt for a while until you get on track with like who you really are. That might take a bit. There might be some wobble. I want people to be aware of that that's going to be our, our collective and our individual. And I think in the, the next month, especially if not the next three months, that's going to be particularly evident, at least in, you know, for some of us, we're all kind of hitting this wheel at different angles at different times. So it's not perfectly uniform, but it's in the cards, I think. Well, well, no, actually, dare I say, everything you just said is verbatim Pisces season to Aries season. You worded that 
masterfully. I'm actually mind blown. Like you, well, I'm, a, I'm 322 Aries, so I kind of get it. <laughs> oh, you're like, like literally everything you said as far as like taking away that false identity is Pisces season, and then moving in that new identity, but feeling like you're having to overcome that. That's all of Aries season. You just nailed April. That 322 is, Aries April. with uh with all the sun in the eighth house, like so. <laughs> transformation rebirth is my chart is all is specifically like all about that it's interesting so yeah that's like the very beginning and yeah i think i think i'm so grateful for how well you nailed it because that i think is the best way to look at chiron and aries that is the chiron and aries principle to kind of heal and step into this reformed individual but because we're going to have the eclipse in aries if we take everything that Chance just said as well as this whole disillusionment process, this is your individual mission assigned to you from the universe. So basically the road to warfare started in October with the Libra eclipse. This is what brought in the nodes, right? It's like it shifted, shifted, and then the sun. So now we're moving towards, of course, the six month preparation of, all right, these are the people you're meant to do it with. And it's like you have six months to prepare for that. We activated it from October to right now, Capricorn, that was the checkpoint. And then Capricorn to April Aries is, of course, this conclusion where we're integrating what we got ready. So this is where it's time to move down your mission. The North Node, it's an individual mission. Aries, Aries Risings are going to embody it. You know what I'm saying? Like Sagittarians, this is going to be what you actually integrate as far as your talent, uh, which can push you forward to new children or, 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 or there's going to be different depending on your perspective. But what it's going to affect with everyone is your challenge to move in a new direction, this evolved aspect of your individuality, especially at this stage where now you have been fully aware of your new, how you've upgraded your gifts. Now that over January, February, and March, you're disillusioning yourself from this false identity and in connecting with who you really are, you're able to connect directly to this higher being in force. Well, now it's time to take it to war. By this point in April, we're always been at war, but this is where certain proxy wars are going to come into more prominence. I wouldn't be surprised if China has already invaded Taiwan by this point. Uh, but whether they have or not, uh, the conflicts that you see already roaring now are going to reach their climax. And this is going to bring everyone on the planet into this because everyone on the planet is going to respond to what's happening in their own unique individual way. And this is what's going to establish your mission that only you can do and only you are meant to do. And the whole key with this is the South Node in Libra is challenging you away from the popular opinions. Aries is the unpopular opinion. It is antisocial. Libra is what is accepted in mainstream. Aries is, of course, that individual hot take. It is literally the fire sign, the hot take. That's probably not the most popular instant hot take, you know, instant take. So this is you moving forward on a hot take of the world that ends up being the right thing to do but might not seem like that in the moment. Isn't that crazy? The fucking hot take. That I get it, dude. I'm a, I'm a Libra moon and Aries oh, sun. So, like, 
right out, out in the out in the public i'm like hot take left and right it, at home i'm like i don't want to bother you with my needs <laughs> and at least you can understand how people will take your hot take you won't be as oblivious about it it's like oh i know if i say this they're gonna feel like this i got a wifey though that tracks when the moon is in libra and then she's like what can i do for you today how can i help you today what's her sign <laughs> she's Jim. Aries and Gemini. Let's get oh, yeah. it. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. solid combo right there. That's totally. loyalty. I love well, it. The air feeds the fire, dude. That's Quavo and Takeoff. That's Kanye and Consequence. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Logan Paul and, uh, of course, um, or Prime. That's Prime right there. From Very Logan. cool. Aries so we're, we're coming up to the two-hour mark. I just want to show people the path of this total solar eclipse. I feel like we'll have to cover it more as it comes uh, closer because the last one that went on this, like that makes an X with this, I think. What was it in 2017? Is that right? Came across about this same exact area because uh, it's going to hit totality is going to hit close to where I'm at. And wow. anyway, last time I was there for I think it's 2017. I was there for the eclipse in totality in my area at this music festival. and I. <laughs> the long story short, everybody else around me was putting on the eclipse glasses and I I ripped a, a DMT pipe. No, way. no way. And I this is the weirdest thing because I've done it before. I know about I know what happens when you do it. I know how to inhale it properly, etc. It's been a long time since I've done it. Does it be like a psychedelics. Or, or a pipe you said? It was on a pipe. Okay, cool. But anyway, I did that. And then I looked at the eclipse and nothing happened. Nothing changed. It was like in the moment that the totality of the eclipse was occurring, whatever energies the DMT creates were already present. Like I couldn't, it was already fully saturated. It was, it was interesting. Then I saw a chemtrail plane fly across the path of the eclipse right at the moment that the disc uncovered and the first peak of light comes through. A, a plane with pink clouds coming out the back of it intersected at that point of light right wow. when it emerged and nobody fucking saw it because with the eclipse glasses on they couldn't see anything other than the the light of the disc so it was interesting only one other guy saw the plane who also didn't wear the glasses <laughs> that so I, you have I found. to be in that location to see the solar eclipse this is the path across the states where you'll be able to see the totality of the eclipse. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure we'll have to talk about it more. And maybe later down the road, we can get into more 2024 astrology forecast with, you know, because going past April, yeah. April time, we're there. But for B, like, that's a lot of info to hit people with. And I it think is. we should let it play out and a lot. Come back to it. A lot will be determined just from January to April. So that's a really good place to start, like you just said. Yeah, but in my Telegram chat, I will put the, you know, here's a list of the retrogrades if you want to screenshot it. I will put a PDF of this that, that my lovely Jennifer put together for us so that we can all have access to a quick reference of like, okay, what's coming up this month? At least what I... What she and I thought were major things. There's obviously a lot more going on on the sky clock than just what we fit into one slide per month. But yep. some of these highlights could be helpful. And then uh, be somewhere, apocalypse summer. 
Zombies, somebody, vampires, and aliens. Somebody was asking how they can get in touch with me for a session. So just to flesh that out, the process I do is called biofield tuning. I find the disturbances in your aura. That's the superpower we were alluding to. I literally aura. can feel, I can feel when I get there. I can do it remotely. I set up a table that's got crystals and candles representative of all your parts of your body. I treat that like that's your physical body in the room. The forks respond just like you're there. And then we, and I've done, there's, I've got videos about that too. Go check out Vibrant episode 111. If you want to know more about the process people out there, the, I gave a kind of a full teaching presentation about your biofield what stuck energy at different levels of the body means, what it means when, you know, like, what does it mean when your right hip is having a problem? What about your left shoulder? Like, what are the emotional mental components to every part of your overall field? And I presented all that in depth, but if you want to just work with me directly so that we can deprogram you, it's not just about me finding (laughs) when or like how you were traumatized or whatever, you know, this process allows me to zero in on when trauma or emotional energy got stuck energy in your field, like how old you were. And then most importantly, we're able to discover how that affected your behavior. You're not going to heal trauma just by knowing it was there or how it made you feel. You got to understand how it influenced your behavior and gave you a sense of identity that took away your free will or potential. We got un- <laughs> to destroy the false identities overall. You know, that's what trauma does that is not talked about so much is the way it influences your behavior and creates an identity is the damage, not the trauma itself. You could have the most heinously fucked up thing happen to you. And if you and if you retained your complete and total free will and did not alter your personality in a way that limited yourself for your beliefs about what's possible for life in the in the positive and in the expansive, then the trauma didn't hurt you. Right. You 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 recovered from it. So if people want to know more. Go to innerversepodcast.com slash sound dash healing, or just find links on any of my episodes. You can find my podcast on all the podcast playing apps or on YouTube or on Rockfin, Rumble, Odyssey, et cetera. Check it out, y'all. If you guys like this talk with Mike from his audience, you'll probably like a lot of the stuff we get into. We go deep. Chance, thank <laughs> and he you just for told me that like I'm the I'm leading the charge of this whole like hot take revolution. It's the airy he's thing. The, he's the nodal connect, guys. Thank you so much for the gems you dropped. I'm leaving this conversation with uh, hope and just inspiration to really, you know, connect my energy and to tap into that source. And I thank you so much. I'm going to check out that video you were talking about too. The last uh, talk you did. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. dude, Literally healed permanent paralysis by channeling energy from his crown chakra. It's awesome. And he teaches people what he did. So that's so awesome. (laughs) The future is unlimited infinite potential. I'm into it. All right. And then, yeah, follow my telegram channel or join our telegram chat too. If you guys are out there using telegram, that's where we're going to put the slides from this conversation. And then with that, I think I'll play a, 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 one of your songs as our outro. Sound good. Word. Let's do it. Hey, thanks for being here. Can we do this again um, down the road four or five months from now? I'd love to. Yes, and I still need to invite you on my channel. So I've been on once, but I'll come back. I got new stuff. Okay, word. Yeah, I'm definitely with it. I did a uh, peace talk, or you did a peace talk. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah, but let's do another one, man. That'll be really lit. Holla at me anytime too, and I'll I'll definitely be back. All right, dude.
All right. Much love, everybody. Thanks for tuning in in the chat. We'll catch you guys on the next one. And you say it, the P word. Peace. <laughs> I was thinking about the other P word. <laughs> Penis. Look, BBC line, the UCNN line, the UCIA, and the NSA still spying on you. Ain't nothing changed from the days they lynch niggas. LeBron James called Karen a bitch, he's still a nigga. And that's a long way from Emmett Till. But they killing, still and dealing niggas still. First they rigged the vote, then they rigged the trial. Kick Trump out, then you elected a pedophile. And Kamala Harris is the devil. Lock more niggas up than the beach got pebbles. Why Edward Snowden a flight risk? Why Will Smith on that flight list? The day I wrote part one, almost lost my life. Walked out that car, crashed like shit, that's life. Ain't nobody like this on the mic. And the world still ain't shit like Tom Hanks a pedophile. Weinstein a pedophile. Epstein still alive. The media still telling lies. And it's like, what's the value of telling the truth when it's censored and blocked even when you show the proof? They tell me I'm a theorist and I'm like, so I'd rather be a theorist than a sheep like, yo, my mind critically thinking, your mind critically drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm too paid, you fake toupee. Can't nobody fuck with me. COVID-19, just the 2020 Tuskegee. Meg never snitched on Tory. Tory never shot Meg. End of story. 6ix9ine snitched in the year of the rat. They sacrificed Kobe, now you all wearing masks. Look at how they jipping you. First they make the virus, then they put them chips in you. It's like, they think we scared to tell the truth. Yeah. Rest in peace, Isaac Cappy.